From the campuses of East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee, and Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia, this is Religion for Life. I'm John Schuck. I'm the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Religion for Life explores the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. My guest is Kyle Jones. Kyle Jones is a religion student uh, in the Ph.D. program at Claremont Lincoln University in California. He is the founder of the Claremont Journal of Religion and the founder of Interview, an Atheist at Church Day. Uh, this is a project uh, created by Kyle uh, aimed at bettering the understanding between atheists and religious persons. And he's uh, talking with me via Skype about that program. Welcome, Kyle, to Religion for Life. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm very intrigued by this project, uh, Interview an Atheist at Church Day. How, how did this get started? Well, kind of um, spur of the moment or random thought popped in my head that uh, it would be nice to have uh, an atheist be interviewed in a church setting. So as an atheist, I'm used to watching all of the debates the typical format between the conservative Christian and the new atheist and the the debate format. And I thought it might be a little, we might get a little deeper than just debating if we actually have an interview where a pastor will, will ask more personal questions in a less, uh, in a less confrontational manner at a, his Sunday service, his or her Sunday service. So in that way, it gets atheists connected to churchgoers, and it's not just this typical debate format. So it basically just popped in my head, and we ran with it. So when did this get started then? When have you already, You've had um, uh, this happen already. You've had interviews. Yes, we've had about 15 or so interviews. It, it started about a year ago. I believe. Okay, and now is this a specific day or uh, or just any day you want to do it for a congregation? Well, half of the interviews that have happened so far were actually on May 5th this this year, 2013, um, Cinco de Mayo, and that happened randomly after I had hooked up uh, with this uh, emergent pastor named Doug Paget. And he suggested that we take the day literally. See, initially, my idea about the day was just, um, you know, it could be any Sunday. It could be any day. But we, he and I talked and thought about how interesting it would be to have pastors all over America and even some in Canada doing this interview on the exact same day. So... Around six or six or seven interviews occurred on May fifth. The other ones have happened on random Sundays here and there. So we're we're basically we're up for both. You're up for both. So uh, I've a con- so this is an ongoing project. Then it hasn't just ended this past May fifth. No, no, it's still going. We still have pastors and atheists lined up to go on on um, completely random Sundays. Well, tell me a little bit about how, how it's happened. What what uh, can you tell me a story about uh, what one of these conversations has been like? Sure, our, our most successful one in terms of views uh, is with this man named Neil Carter, and he gets interviewed 
in um, in a, a decent sized church in Mississippi. He's from Mississippi, which, as we know, is one of the most religious, thoroughly religious states in the union. So he gets interviewed, and there is something like forty five thousand YouTube views of this interview. And it's he's really personable. He's, he has a great way of communicating, a great way of humanizing atheists and, and making Christians of the more conservative brand in Mississippi understand, look, we're people too, we're not immoral, we're, 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 we're trying to live good lives and better society and such. And so his interview is our most popular, and it's, it's really... Uh, it's really an amazing one, specifically it being in Mississippi. Tell me again uh, the, the name and where one could find that interview online. Yeah, his name is Neil Carter, and you can just uh, Google or type put his name into YouTube. Uh, you can just type in interview an atheist at church day. There's even a write-up on the Friendly Atheist blog by Hemet Mehta, on this. So if you Google atheist gets interviewed in Mississippi church, it'll, it'll pop up. One of the um, things that I have often found frustrating is that seems to be that there's a natural connection, uh, say, between more progressive uh, religious people and atheists. And atheists. I mean, I think there's just uh, uh, so much that they have in common uh, regarding science, regarding learning. And, and sometimes that, that conversation seems so polarized. And I what I hear you doing is that you're really trying to bridge that gap a little bit. You mean between atheists and liberal religious persons or conservative? Well, I was persons? thinking in, in, in regards to liberal religious persons, but I, I, I would hope with anybody. But I think there, there's this almost a natural ally between liberal religious people and atheists that uh, uh, and yet there seems to be so much tension. Absolutely. And that's one of my projects as a Ph.D. student is to connect liberal religious persons with those in the unbelieving community because you're you're absolutely right when you say we share a lot of the same values so we vote in similar ways um, unbelievers and atheists generally vote independent or democrat uh, same with liberal religious persons they generally have the same views about things like the legalization of same-sex marriage um, things like progressive takes on economics, um, pro uh, progressive views of immigration, you know, these things where they're natural allies. And I think that I want to harness that and, and bring people together for, you know, positive social goals. And so generally when I was looking for pastors and churches to interview atheists. I had in my mind more of the mainstream to liberal pastors and churches because I I knew that if it was a conservative church to accept it, and there have been a couple, that I, I had this worry that it would turn into a debate, and that's kind of what that's what I wanted to avoid. I. I literally want it to be an interview where people realize that atheists have flesh and blood. They're, I want it to be a humanizing project and not just a debate about propositions. So, so I think that there's a natural 
alliance between liberal and progressive religious persons and the unbelieving community. And so I think we should try to harness that and um, bring these people together. But I'm also not opposed to the idea of an atheist being interviewed in a conservative church um, within within reason. So... You know, Kyle Jones, if you're just joining us, is my guest on Religion for Life. He's the founder of Interview an Atheist at Church Day, a Ph.D. in religion uh, at Claremont uh, Lincoln University. Uh, well, maybe you and I could have this interview. I'm a pastor, uh, and, and you are, are self-proclaimed. You're an atheist. Uh, tell me, what is atheism? <laughs> what is atheism? Yeah, in, in, in the same ways as we ask what is religion, you know, it's not monolithic, it's not homogenous atheists. Mm -hmm. As far as I am concerned, my idea of atheism is just a lack of a belief in God. Um, now, how we want to define God can get us into interesting philosophical roads and avenues. For instance, if we think of God as the, um, the natural world, or if we have a view of, like, of God like Einstein or Spinoza, then I think there's some um, ground there where one could say, hey, I'm an atheist, but I just use the word God to describe natural world or sacredness, sacredness or sacrality or something like that, then that's, that's fine. I don't really have too much of an issue with that. But I think it's generally a lack of a belief in a, a supernatural personal God. And, and so that's the simplest way I can understand atheism. Well, yeah, because I think, uh, I'll speak for myself, I'm a religious person, but I don't believe in a supernatural personal God. I, my God would probably be Spinoza's, a personification of the universe. I can go all kinds of different ways, but um, I think I would find agreement with you that I don't believe there, there's an external supernatural being that acts upon uh, the natural world. Um, but uh, I kind of wonder, when the term atheism sometimes makes people... Um, uncomfortable. And I wonder why that is. Maybe I'm asking too vague of a question. Um, it, uh, oh, you think well, of I... uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare or something like that, or people link atheism to uh, uh, a lack of morality or things like that. There's a lot of stereotypes put on the word, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, one of the most famous studies on this in the sociology of religion is a study done by Penny Edgell out of the University of Minnesota, where after 9-11, she had done, her and some colleagues had done this national study uh, asking people questions related to trust about certain groups. And it turns out that atheists as a group are the least trusted in America. So hmm. there were two questions. One was, which group has the closest uh, closest view of American society as you? And then the second question is, which group are would you least like to marry one of your children? And atheists rank the highest at 40, 46% and 42%, something like that. And then below them were Muslims, um, about 30, mid-30s the high 30s, and then below that were homosexuals. So atheists are literally the least trusted group in America or in the United States. So yes, it's absolutely true that people think atheists are immoral or they're anarchic. Uh, 
they're they're um, they have no standards. Um, everything goes, might makes right. These sorts of ideas about atheists, which is which are simply not true, especially if you look globally at this. Some of the safest and most democratic countries in the world are very secular and mm -hmm. very and, and lack a lot of religious belief, like Scandinavian countries or uh, Denmark or Sweden. Very low religiosity and very high amounts of education and peace and and stability. And some of the most religious countries, in terms of religious intensity and religion, religious amount by population, Somalia and and these other places. Now there are other factors. Obviously, it's not just religiosity, but it's interesting to note that if it was the case that atheism leads to a breaking down of social order, you would think you would find that in countries that lack a lot of religiosity, but you do not. So part of this interview with an atheist at Church Day thing is to counteract those stereotypes that atheists are immoral, that atheists are anarchic, that they don't have any standards. And so, so yeah, that's... But really, moral standards are, are all human-made. And uh, so we, it, but sometimes religious people think that they come from um, a book or a god or something like that. But but really, we we've we've um, created all of them, haven't we? And that can, can be kind of scary when we realize that, because if we've created them, that can that that makes uh, uh, perhaps it harder to lay down exactly what is right and wrong. Well, a lot of, a lot of people think that. Yes, yeah. so have a a kind of. Um, a, a view of morality where it's simply handed down on high. God says it, it's established firmly, and, and that is it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It get, it's very clear. And I, I think there's there are so many problems to that view. I mean, like mm -hmm. you said, these are things that we discover. We progress as people. We have social contracts and ways of dealing with each other through empathy and through sympathy. And I don't I don't really like the idea that we need a big brother watching over us to make sure we do things right. I, I, I don't think that it's moral to do things out of fear or compulsion. So, I, and I, I, don't, I don't think that um, this, you know, this God in the sky that judges you and watches you and cares who you have sex with and cares who you marry and cares which side of a war you're on, uh, I don't think that God helps us progress anywhere morally. Kyle Jones is my guest on Religion for Life, a Ph.D. and religion student at Claremont Lincoln University and the founder of Interview an Atheist at Church Day. Uh, I know uh, on this campus, uh, East Tennessee State University, uh, the two groups that had um, some of the biggest difficulties. In other words, they put posters up about their activities, uh, and they would be torn down. One was the uh, Gay Straight Alliance group, and the other was the Free Thinking or Atheist group on campus. And so, which goes back to your point uh, about the misconceptions and really the prejudice uh, against um, atheists, that really there's a sense of a second-class status in atheists in America. Absolutely. And even from the beginning where we hear that in American society that we're endowed by our creator 
with inalienable mm-hmm. rights. It's and I always found that to be kind of a contradiction. If if they're in, in inalienable rights, they don't need to be endowed. You don't you don't give somebody an inalienable right. They just have it. And so I think from the beginning, uh, atheists in Western society, actually atheists globally, have been ostracized. They've been uh, persecuted. For I mean, there are so many examples of it right now in Indonesia with blasphemy laws and things like this. People being atheists being jailed for saying something on Facebook, um, denouncing Islam or Allah, and I find that. So it's still it's still happening, but just on in a lesser scale than that. Every day you do get this sense uh, in which people view you as as subpar or as someone who is not going to care enough about civic order or responsibility or parenting or family or any of this any of these things because they don't have a belief in a transcendent personal creator of the world and i and that is just simply not true one of the things that it comes at me people ask the question is that if there isn't some kind of transcendence um how do we uh transcend our own egos and desires is there is there a way to find more depth to life how how would um an, an atheist uh find um more depth or more transcendence within life itself. Does that question make sense? Yeah, it makes tons of sense. And that's a question that's commonly asked of atheists. And I think there's a funny quote uh, by Douglas Adams, you know, the, the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide mm-hmm. to the Galaxy, where he says, isn't it enough to believe that the garden is, that the garden is beautiful without believing there are fairies beneath it? Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. And I, and I think that that's, that's my answer is that, where... Look, the natural world is so stunning and amazing and beautiful that I don't feel the need to go extra worldly or or outside of this world to find wonder and awe. There's wonder and awe everywhere. I mean, let's look at the human cell or the eye or um, animal life, plant life. Uh, let's look at culture, human culture. I'm, right now I'm at Union Theological Seminary. And I'm looking outside of my window at this big monstrosity of a church called Riverside Church uh, that Rockefeller had built a long built a long time ago, and it's just stunning. It's breathtaking, and I don't need to believe that there's some spiritual import or some supernatural significance for it to be meaningful for me to experience the aesthetics and beauty of this place. So I think that. I think that we can have awe and wonder at sunsets and stars and not have any notion of uh, God or spirits or uh, some ethereal realm outside or above or beyond this world. There's, There's more than enough beauty here to handle. Do you think there is a role for religion um, in in uh, our future society as as we take seriously the very things that you're talking about? Uh, what what about religious language? You're a religious student. Do you do you how do you see religion perhaps being updated, or should it be really kind of uh, discarded? <laughs> well, that's uh, 
Yeah, that's a that's a pretty straightforward question there. Um, I you know I'm not one of those atheists that wants all wants the government to outlaw religion or wants or hopes that will someday die away. Part of me, part of me does. Part of me really uh, thinks of religion as a as a loaded six shooter that mm -hmm. um, is ready to just pop off and hurt somebody. But um, there are also good things that come about by religious persons that are, you know, they're influenced by their religious beliefs. And that is, that is fine with me. I, you know, actions are important and, and more important in my uh, view than beliefs. But uh, so I, the, the God talk, the whole language about God and, and um, theological talk, I think that there's, it's something akin to imaginative construction, uh, poetry, aesthetics. And I think it's, it's really, as someone once said, you know, a first attempt at doing science or at understanding ourselves and our world. And I think that there's something to that and there's something to the Theo talk. But, of course, as an atheist, I take it just as that, as an anthropological construction, something that humans do. Um, and not something that is handed down or expressed because we're made in God's image. It's just humans do this. We create narratives. We create metaphors. We create stories and myths. And, and we tell ourselves these stories and we pass these stories down. It's kind of what we do. So I don't find of itself religious language to be problematic other than when we assume it is something more than anthropological construction, um, imaginative construction, something that we do to locate ourselves in, in the cosmos. If we think it's something handed down from, from a personal uh, agent outside of the world, I, I just I don't think that that does us any good. If, if we want to look at it as a human thing that we do with myths and narratives, then I don't have a problem with it. Can you tell me, very good, can you tell me a little bit about your own story? Uh, you were a youth pastor at one point. Um, what, what's, what's, how, what's your journey been about? Yeah, for about five years there, I was a, a devout, evangelical, uh, reformed Christian, and I was a youth pastor. I was really involved in church. And then, you know, as I went on in my studies of religion, uh, some of these beliefs slowly got deconstructed, and I slowly became an agnostic. And like many other people who have moved past their previous religious identification, uh, came to doubt pretty much all of my previously held beliefs and assumptions. And, uh, yeah, it changed. It was a long, gradual process. It wasn't just one point. But um, it was once I started really digging deep and being okay with asking some of these questions that I was told not to ask, um, kind of honoring my doubt a little bit, then I started, my views started to change. What, sometimes there's a view that kind of triggers, triggers a change. Um... 
I, I thought for, for me, it was discovery of evolution. Um, and I started to realize, wait a second, it happens and there's nobody designing it. There's nobody directing it. And that, that for me kind of opened up a whole new world. Was there, was there a question like that for you? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a good question too. Um, kind of trigger point. Um, my, I think mine, if I had to pick one was that the Bible was not God's word. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that it was um, humans writing this over long stretches of time by multiple different authors and trying to wrestle with and uh, um, come to terms with their identity and their place and and their meaning and not God's word, not ipsissima verba, not. Uh, an inerrant, inspired, perfect text, uh, and once that belief, once that belief got challenged and discredited in my mind, then a whole host of the other ones fell as well. You know, one of the advantages that I that I like, I, I'm, I'm religious, but I, I share your philosophy. Uh, but I like the community, um, and some have talked about even an atheist church. Uh, what do you think about something like that, or, or communities um, uh, in which people gather together to uh, share, share, and create meaning and and do good deeds? Do you do you see that happening? Yeah, it's happening all over the place with atheist communities and humanist communities. For instance, the Sunday Assembly started by Sanderson Jones, which is known right now as the Atheist Church. It spread from London and now to New York and to Los Angeles and all over where these atheists and unbelievers are coming together. And it's basically church without God. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of, you know, um, uh, Society for Ethical Living, um, the humanist group, Unitarian Universalists have had humanist groups going on for a while. Um, and these community building projects, part of me um, sees them as positive things. I mean, there are a lot of unbelievers and atheists that, like anyone else, um, feel the need for this type of community. But there's also a part of me that's pretty hesitant about it because th- the the fear of of groupthink and the fear of like hive hive mentality that is these atheists sometimes will kind of go and and just feed off of the feed off of critiquing sitting around and critiquing religion all day and i think i mean don't get me wrong i love it as much as the next atheist bloke but i feel like somehow it's 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 almost an interesting contradiction when when there's something like an atheist church Kyle Jones has been my guest. Uh, he's a Ph.D. in religion at Claremont Lincoln University, the founder of Interview an Atheist at Church Day. Uh, tell us again how people uh, who might be listening to this uh, program might want to have an atheist in their own congregation to have this interview. Where would they go first? Sure. You can Google Interview an Atheist at Church Day and find all of our contact information. We have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook dot com slash interview an atheist at church day we have a website interview atheists.wordpress.com um you can you can look up kyle jones that's kyle with an i and you can find my contact information 
and online. And basically what we do is we have tons of atheists all over the United States and Canada uh, that are willing to go and uh, be interviewed. So we just, you know, we love pastors to come forward and, and contact us and atheists come forward and contact us. And we just try to do the, the coordinating part of it. I think it's a great idea and a great project, and I commend you for doing it. And thank you for uh, taking time to be with me today on Religion for Life. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Religion, social justice, public life. That's Religion for Life. Find more information about this program, links to podcasts, and information about upcoming shows at religionforlife.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes. Religion for Life is co-produced by WETS-FM and WETS-HD1, Johnson City, Tennessee, and WEHC-FM, Emory, Virginia. Be well.